0: Attitude defines our altitude. My name is Christoph Bayard, and this is my
1: 5.30. Are we on?
2: We're rolling. How
1: crazy is this?
2: It's honestly, I literally
1: can't believe we're here. <laughs> I'm super excited to kick off Me this too. podcast. It's so exciting. We are in aura sky pool which is the tallest 360 infinity pool on earth. that's like 200 meters up in the sky. What a way to start a podcast. Literally, I don't think it can get better than this. We're setting the (laughs) bar so high that I don't know how to move on to the next one. It's gonna be a really top challenge for us.
2: It is. As stunning as the location that we're in today, we also have an equally incredible guest joining us. Christoph Habeca is someone that we've both known for a few years. And I just think everyone's gonna absolutely love his story. And his journey and everything that he speaks about today,
1: I love this guy. He's one of the kindest and truest person that you'll ever meet. So much positive energy that's gonna come wow. out of this, and also like a lot of experiences and uh, life lessons. Definitely. So,
2: without further ado, Christopher Baker.
0: Every time I come here, I tell myself. This is so great. I always get impressed. No matter what time of the day you come, you see a different light. You That's see the cool. city, the beautiful city of Dubai. It's a
1: fantastic place to be in, for sure. And we've just experienced sunrise. And I think this is this is by far, and I've been living here for like over a decade, and this is by far the best sunrise view in the city. It's, it's just incredible. I'm still in awe. No, no. I can't function. And we got here quite early, right? So you saw different lights, different moods.
2: It's a very it's got, zen start to the day.
1: Yeah, it's gonna keep on changing as well. Yeah, it's so you, you just see the whole city transform. Yeah, exactly. From from yeah. darkness. And 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 absolutely like rightly. So like the, the views in here at night is as incredible as how we're looking at it right now. Yeah, for sure.
2: How did it start for you?
1: I've been I've been in Dubai
0: for ten years now. Um and I got here out of just being inspired by how crazy the city was. And um I remember I've always been in the world of hospitality. I always knew I wanted to do that even from a very, very young age. Um, I grew up surrounded by food, you know, with the, with a family that was always like welcoming people all the time. So I've kind of been in that, I guess, hospitality space for a very long time. since it's a very young age. And, um, and I remember one day, 1999, I'm sitting in the living room with mom and dad and my sister, and um, we're watching TV on this uh, national channel in France. And um, I see this documentary about Borges Laro, and I'm like, "Mom, Dad, one day, I'm gonna work there." And that's eleven-year-old <laughs> myself, right? Just be telling them, that's "This so is cool. the place where I want to work. I definitely wanna end up in this uh, in this hotel. It looks amazing." And um, and I got here in 2012. It's been it's been ten years, and uh, I actually ended up working there too. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like how we met. That's what you know, we met. It's yeah. just
2: so cool. Yeah.
0: What a fantastic place. It was, a, it was a, an incredible story for me. I, uh, I don't think there is a better place, if you're in the world of hospitality, than to be working in Dubai. Yeah. I, there is no way I would have had the career I had, I uh, would have met the people I met, if I was still back in France, right? I mean, this, is, uh, this has been an incredible journey um, and I, I wouldn't change anything.
2: No, it's such a land of opportunity. It really is. For sure. And honestly, seeing your journey has been really inspiring. I think it's it's been very cool to to witness as a friend. So let's take it back. Yeah. Let's talk about your day, how it starts. What does your morning routine look like?
0: I've had, uh, I've gone through so through phases in my life. Like I've had so many different routines, different times, and um, I've uh, I've been into sport for a very long time here. So I've been here for 10 years. I've done a lot of uh, endurance sport for let's say five to six years. So my morning routine has been very much so wake up at 5 at 5 a.m. in the morning. So I'm part of the 5 a.m. club, which I recommend everyone to try. It's not, it's not easy. Sometimes it sounds a bit crazy. But the but best time of the day. It's the best time of the day. Yes. Nobody bothers you. You're in your space. You're in your own mind. You know, you've got time for yourself. Um, you've checked your email the night before, you still have no emails in the morning. So, you know, it's like nobody's awake yet. Yeah. Uh, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic time to, uh, to start the day. And I was into this, uh, I got into this triathlon training madness. And I'd wake up at 5 AM, sometimes in the summer, even earlier, because it gets very hot here. Right. Um, and I, and I, and I would just like wake up in the morning, have my coffee, be in my space, you know, go through my morning, uh, routine. Um, I had a coach for many years as well, so I'd check out on my phone, what do I need to do today, you know, and, and for those not familiar with triathlon, it's a combination of three sports, right? So you swim, you bike, and you run. It's your you, favorite? And you do this back to back. I really got good at uh, at cycling. I think um, um, I've always loved to be on a bicycle, and my dad always tells this story. He's so proud of his son, he's like, you know, when Christophe was three years old, I went to pick him up from kindergarten. And uh, he told me, "Dad, Dad, come! I want to show you something." And you know, we used to have an area where all the bikes were. And uh, I run to it, and I'd, I, I apparently like I took a like a, a a big grown-up bike, yeah. So without the support wheels, and I said, "Dad, look, I can I can ride a bicycle." And he was like, "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're gonna fall? No way!" Got on the bike, started cycling, three years old, and he was like. This has this was one of the most incredible things I've seen. So I've always been into I've always been very comfortable on uh, on two wheels and um I just got really good at it to be honest. I uh, it was one of the disciplines where I was the strongest. Um I'm also a bit of a heavy guy, right? And here it everything is flat. So your weight is not so much of a disadvantage, yeah. Um and I would just like love to cycle. Then I got into a bit, a bit of running as well. Started becoming quite good at it as well. So, you know, it just it changed. And this is what I liked about this sport very much is that there's always something new that you like more. There's uh, new challenges. You Even swimming super frustrating as a sport, right? Very, very frustrating because we're not meant to be horizontal. We're meant to be vertical, right? We're born to run. We're not born to swim. Yeah? So it's a very uncomfortable position to be in. You just don't know what to do how to do it you know it's a very frustrating process never but,
2: thought of it like that yeah
0: i went three horizontal yeah you're not meant to born to run yeah. so it's uh it's, it's it's frustrating but the process is uh is really gratifying and then you get to a point where you're doing those races and and you're like doing long distance stuff you train for 10 12 13 hours a week and and th- this might sound like a lot, but for the guys in the world of of endurance, it's not that much. Right. But, uh, when you're a guy like me that I've always been into sport, but never in a competitive way, right. Uh, to put in so much time, so much effort, you know, it drains your surroundings. It disturbs your social circle. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a real commitment. It's a real commitment. commitment. And I kind of like got away from this a little bit in the past, uh, in the past year and a half, I've been, I've been traveling a lot for work and I've kind of like lost my, uh, lost my rhythm but um i'm i'm still into sports and i kind of like got into a new one now recently as well so i'm uh, i'm super psyched
1: and uh, it's become a bit of my obsession now we're going to talk about that later a lot excited about <laughs> i have tried uh, <laughs> cycling a triathlon like a mini one and, and and it's brutal you know it's a mind game yeah, it is. over physical game it is. because you know it's just you the pavement your equipment and yourself That's exactly that so uh It's exactly that. And there are so many different distances, right? And
0: each of them are a different level of how much mental strength you need to have. You know, you go for the short stuff. It's going to last an hour and five, an hour and 10 minutes, depending on how good you are for the best ones in the world below an hour. And you're just going to smash yourself. You're going to be so tired on the red line from the get-go. And then you have the long distance, uh, like the ones that i have done 70.3, so that's 1.9 one point nine kilometer of swimming, ninety kilometer of cycling and a half marathon, so twenty one K of running, yeah. back to back. This is gonna yeah. take you like four and a half hours, but that's a completely different ball game. was for me. You're like in your that's head the whole time you have to convince yourself that you're that you're good, that you're feeling good. And uh it's
1: a bit of a mindfuck to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it sounds <laughs> so it's a it's it's very brutal. It's a
2: point. hard night no for me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You were talking about like when you were a kid, and you know you've manifested that you're gonna come here, and and I'm I'm a firm believer of that, like manifesting your dreams, because for me, I would typically write my goals on a paper, and then just like hang them where I see them. So one of them was Dubai. So that's good. Basically, like I think we all started from the same um, ideation of like this city being amazing, and you just like want to be there. Yeah. it's so cool. And you mentioned about your dad seeing you like ride a bicycle on your own. And and obviously that's great. Like, you know, like it, you push yourself to the point that, you know, Hey, I'm going to do this and, and, and absolutely like you're like goal getter. So my question would be, who are the three uh, people that impacted you most in your life? That's a, it's a
0: hard question to answer because you meet so many people all the time and I think everybody is. Changing you in a positive way, and I think everybody is challenging you. And no matter who you meet, there's always something to take away from uh, from people. But um, but for me, my number one are my parents. Like they've gone through uh, so much sacrifice for me and my sister. So I'm I'm born in Lebanon. Uh, I was born in Lebanon, and I grew up in in France, right? And I was I was born in uh, 1988 in the middle of the civil war. And my dad had a very comfortable job uh, back in Lebanon. Uh, so was my mom, but when when I was born and when she got pregnant with me, they just started feeling that kind of like parent responsibility, right? And it 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 was difficult for them to think, okay, we can have a we can have a good life here for uh, for Christophe. So after I was born, um, my mom comes from a big family, uh, so is my dad. So one of my my mother's uh, brother was already living in uh, in France, right? And um, and mom was working in hospitals, like she was a nurse and. Uh, she had an opportunity to come uh to come and to, to go to France and for us to go and live there, right? So they kind of like gave up everything and had to get it out, had to get me out of the country alongside with them. And they they came with absolutely nothing to France. And um, they gave me and my sister incredible education. They've looked after us. Like it's um it's always a very emotional subject for me. Because I think they're they have taught me how to be resilient. And this is something that uh that I will always always be uh, be grateful for, you know. It's um, and France has been amazing. the The country is fantastic. Are
2: they still in France?
0: They still, there, yeah, they retired uh, two years ago now. So they're enjoying life south of France. They moved from Paris. They went down south, um, and they're just loving it, you know. But it's been difficult, you know. Dad didn't speak the language. Would only speak Arabic. Had to give up a very very good financial situation in Lebanon. You know, had his own travel agency and stuff. So it's been it's been very difficult for them, you know. He, he was selling newspapers on the on the traffic lights at the beginning, right, trying to learn French and all that. It's been, it's been hard, so um, for me to get where I am today, my sister as well, go through that level of education, have careers that we have, you know, I'm super grateful. And they they taught me, okay, you can make things happen if you want them to happen, you know. And this has been kind of like the way I've lived my life ever since.
2: Do you feel like they're proud
1: of you? Yeah, big time. Yeah.
0: That's so nice. Yeah. I think, uh, they are for sure.
1: And they are for sure. Yeah. With the things that you have achieved, like we've, we've known each other since like, I don't know, 2015? Yeah. Since yeah. our hotelier days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and, and I mean, you've been through a lot of things in life in your career. Is there s- sort of like a specific lesson that, that has taught you in life that you think uh, people should learn at some point in their lives? Yeah, I think. <laughs> You have to have your
0: own journey. You have to really like set your own goals, believe that you can achieve them and just go and get them because it's very, very easy to let other people influence you in a negative way. You know, not everybody wants the best out of you. Like you are going to meet a lot of people in your, in your, the corporate world that are not going to necessarily want you to grow at the pace that you feel like you can grow. They're not going to support you the way you would want to be supported. So you have to kind of like do your own little map. Oh, like what you said, you write down your goals and all that, you know, I've never really been into writing things down ever in my life, but I always had them in my head. Like I know where I want to get to, you know, and I don't set myself any, any kind of limit. And that's why I love the sport of endurance for so long, because it's you and your mind and there is no limit. You know, nobody's, uh, humans are not limited They're, We can do incredible things. So you should really not let anyone get in the way of what you believe should be your life story, you know? And uh, I see a lot of like young people now seeking advice, career or whatever. They come and they ask, you know, what should I do? People are telling me not to do this, not to do that. Do whatever the fuck you want to do, man. Like you just have to, you just have to embrace it. You have to embrace it and you have to make it happen. Like nobody's going to, nobody's going to live your life for yourself. You have to live your life. What and if you?
2: anyone cares, they care for five minutes and then they move on 100%. to the next, Like it's, it's really no, nothing is that much of a bigger deal. I think you're such a confident person. I think that what, everything that you've just said just comes through so much in your character. I think that's really solid advice. I need to take some notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're recording it. We're going to write it later. <laughs> that's
2: true. So we spoke a lot about like your passion for endurance and triathlons and training. What else, what else do you love to do in your spare time being in Dubai? Like how do you enjoy the city?
0: I'm a, I mean, you know, guys, you've witnessed this firsthand, but I'm a big foodie, right? I absolutely love my food. So <laughs> it's like, I remember us sitting at, uh, back in the days, we we're all working at the the iconic Al Arab, I should say, because of uh, because of how it's uh, meant to be called. But we would sit there in, uh, in the all-day dining and you'd see me eat those
1: quantities of food. I've always been into that. Like, you eat a lot. I eat a lot. But then I, it, it fascinates me because like you eat maybe like four or five times a day and then at four a.m., I would see your Instagram story. You're in El Kudra, yeah. the psychopath, doing hundred kilometers. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's part of the whole game, you know. I got into this uh, this this
0: triathlon because of that. I was like, I need to offset all of all of the calories I'm eating. Like I have no choice. Like otherwise, and and I was I was like big when I was a kid, right? Um, like I was definitely overweight. Was bullied at school and all that. So. For me, it was always a bit of a a challenge, the, you know, the, the food, the the food topic, but, um, but here in Dubai, I just love to go out, enjoy the city. I think we have incredible dining options here, probably the best in the world, you know, and I'm, and I'm lucky enough to also work in an environment, uh, you know, with my current job that we have so many of these amazing places, right? So I, I just spend a lot of time out and about, I love to socialize. I think it's probably one of the best cities in the world because everybody is here and has the same mindset. Everybody's here to work, but everybody's also here to have their friends become their family in a way. And I think this is priceless. Like you don't get this in in
1: many places in the world. You don't get that. I absolutely agree on that because like Dubai is just like such a peaceful country. Like, you know, we work with so many nationalities that you almost like become friends with every person. You would know a person in Australia in Africa, in every continent, maybe apart from mm-hmm. Antarctica. But, you know, it's just like so nice. And the, the respect that you get from your peers, from everyone, it's just like living in unison. It's just like so very much important. And the safety as well, Yeah, it's safety. safety is number one. Keep us safe. When I go back to France and I think the the
0: metro, sometimes I'm like, how did I do this for <laughs> such a long time and like nothing happened to me, yeah, it's you know, crazy. Hey, it's not. Uh... This is we're blessed. You
2: forget, we'll you forget here. You're right. just like swallowing around and chilling out. It's right. it's not like that everywhere. I'm so lucky.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's so nice because um, Dubai is like situated, like yeah. centrally. Go to Asia for like six hours and then go to Europe and Americas for like half the time that you would spend if you're like in Singapore. Um, talk about that. You travel a lot. I do. Well, yeah. I'm lucky. What's, what's what's your favorite country? This is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough question being traveler myself and all of us. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, it's definitely a hard one. I think for me, it's more the experience than the destination. Um, I think it depends who you with, you know, what do you get to experience and all that, um, probably one of my favorite trip was quite recent. Actually, I, um, I went back to Lebanon, um, and I spent like a week there, but I went in a completely different, with a different eye on because Growing up in France, right, and my family being in Lebanon, I would always go back every summer, we'd go back. But once you go back there, you're with the the grandparents, right? Like this is basically what you're mm-hmm. doing. You're with the grandparents. You do one month in Beirut in the capital. Then you go to Zahle back in the mountain and you kind of like split your time like that. And um, I never really got to go out and explore and do it at an age that I am now, you know, with the with um, a different level of income, with a different level of open mind, you know, always wanting to like go out and explore. So quite recently I spent a week there and I just saw the, the country from a completely different eye. Um, and I was surrounded by really nice people as well. So I just got to go to nice guest houses, you know, try some places I've never been to before or like really experience it in the way that I feel Lebanon should be experienced. And uh, not the things you see on TV, right? I always used to put it on my story back when I was on Instagram, I'd be, uh-huh. I'd be like, this is not the Lebanon you see on TV, right? It's a fantastic country, man. i like, I recommend everyone to it's go. Beautiful. It's like, and you know, the people there, they live as if there is no tomorrow, right? So you give your 100% every single time and everybody is in that kind of like mindset. And I
1: think that makes a massive, massive difference. Because a lot of the best places you go in the world, is really about the people. I absolutely agree. And, and this is like the one thing I've learned from traveling. You meet different people with like different beliefs, like, you know, your belief is not just like universal, you know, because we're, we're, we have that preconceived notion that, oh, it should be like this. But when you go to this specific area, specific country with different values and perspective, it just like opens your mind and it broadens your horizon and perspective on how to deal with a lot of things of which you can apply on your day to day living. Yeah, um, I agree.
2: So we've spoken a little bit about your character. We know that you have a lot of confidence. You love to socialize, go out, try different restaurants, be on the scene. Are you an introvert, an extrovert? How would you describe that?
0: I think definitely an extrovert, um, but it also very much depends on the setting. You know, sometimes, sometimes this is a bit of a shield and a bit of a way to protect as well what's happening inside. I think, you know, very often extroverted people don't necessarily feel amazing about themselves they found a way to make themselves feel a little bit better and i think for me it really depends on the setup and the people that are around so i i could be for example getting into a place not knowing anyone and depending on the vibe that i get i could be very very quiet and just observe what's going on and try to understand who's who who's leading? what's the interactions like and all that? And then the moment I start feeling comfortable, then I can I can start opening up a little bit or I can go into places and just be the loudest, the one that takes the most space and just like <laughs> just drag people together and be like, you, know, you gotta to talk to this one and you gotta to talk to this one and just just like you know, leading naturally, I guess. and um so but definitely more of an extro- extro- extrovert than a introvert for sure
1: when when you go through tough things in life, how do you cope with with all of these things? being an extrovert?
2: That's a good question. Because so I think if you're like an introverted, people would take a lot more time to self-reflect. They'd go inside themselves they'd, you know, spend some time on their own, some quiet.
0: I am the complete opposite. Yeah. First thing I do, I pick up the phone and I call someone that makes me feel good, right? So I immediately go back to that feel good yeah. situation because I don't like to feel down, yeah? And I'm not someone that gets overly stressed. Like I don't think you've seen me stressed and we've worked together for years. Like I don't really get, That's true. like I don't really I'm really very chill. You're a very chilled like, person. Like, what's gonna happen, man? Like let's go get something to eat. Yeah, like <laughs> what, what's what's the worst that's gonna happen, right? We're not A, we don't operate on like kids' brains, right? I always say that to people. I'm like, listen, nobody's gonna die. Like you have to you have to relax, it right? you don't need to be overly stressed about the things that you do in life. Um, but no, I I definitely pick up the phone and i I'd, I'd call someone that's that can listen to me, right? And that can also understand a bit of my character because sometimes if I talk to a stranger, they'd be like, Who the fuck is this weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, why is there so many things happening in your mind? So I, I just like, I, I of course some of familiar go through the whole go through the whole story and ju- I, I'll move on quite fast to be honest. I don't really hold grudges. I um and as I grew as I grew older as well, I gave people more and more the benefits of the doubt and be like, you know, everybody's going through their own shit in their head and you know not everybody's always open to things that you have to say or how loud you want to be or you know but everybody has to cope with that right yeah. and and I think that's very important that you respect everyone's space and that you don't impose yourself on people right um so that's that's how I would I would cope with
1: it. How about you Sophie are you an introvert or an extrovert? I
2: oh I just Think I'm probably an introvert. I'd say most people would say I'm an, I'm introverted. But then once I get to know people, I take a long time to warm up to to people and to get familiar and comfortable and confident. And then it's then it's fine. Then I'm fine. Then I'm a mix of
1: both. Just fine. fine. We like Sophie. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> like Slide. We <laughs> <Me> like Sophie. <laughs> it's been a few everybody years now,
2: guys. <laughs> but we got that.
1: <laughs> Where you are right now um, with your current career. Did you always want it to be on this specific path or did you, do you have like something, did you ever dream of becoming a pilot or a doctor or
0: anybody else? I I, I never really thought of myself
1: being outside of the
0: hospitality world. I think, you know, growing up, so growing up in France, being raised by my grandmother uh, from my mother's side, uh, going back to Lebanon every summer, uh, seeing my grandmother from my father's side, they've always been into food, right? So since a very young age, I've been in the kitchen, seeing them cook for us, you know, do big tables, always being open and welcoming and all that. And I think this has really set my character and what I want to do in life. And just, I just love to make people happy. Like I just love to convey happiness. And I think that food and you know, like welcoming people and all that is is very good with this. So I wanted to be a chef when I started into into the whole thing. So back oh, in back in the chef. days and, and I still cook
1: a lot, right? I still enjoy it very, very much. I make very good pizzas. Really, I, I was just gonna say that you even had like your own uh, oven, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oven,
0: like uh, <laughs> oven. I can't wait. Now the weather is getting better, so I'm just <laughs> literally gonna be like, like someone,
1: someone give me a garden because I need to, I need to do some. We pizzas. should do like uh, a, a cooking 101 with uh, with yes. CH. That'd be great. We should do that. I'd love that. I'd and then we do it in the desert.
0: Yeah.
2: What's your pizza topping of choice?
0: I go for I go for margarita. Yeah, yeah and right. and if I want to go a bit fancy, I go with parma uh, ham and a bit of rucola on top, and
1: that's it. That's that that's all I need. I think margarita pizza is like the Swiss Army knife it's of pizzas. Thing. It's the you best. Can just like put best. anything in there, right, guys? Espe- especially Neapolitan style, like
0: you. A bit of basil. Yeah, that's it. Done. You don't need much. Good olive oil. Perfect. Good tomato, and that's it.
1: We're done. Uh, talking about food, I love eating food, but I unfortunately I don't burn them a lot. I'm very lazy when it comes to training. What are like the top three countries of food, food wise? Oh, Lebanon number one.
0: Nothing yeah. beats Lebanese food. The diversity, the the way it's uh, it's prepared, the amount of the veg, you know, the whole things. Absolutely love it. Italian number two. I think I love I love Italian food and uh, it's it's same thing. It's very diverse. Love my carbs. I'm not gluten intolerant, so I don't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> and like I can just like I can just like eat and um. I'm a big fan of Japanese food as well. I think, and one of my one of my trips that I really, really want to do is I want to go to Japan because I think the Japanese food that we experience. I mean, here it's good, like it's very, very good, right? But I have a feeling that it's very modernized or Americanized. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. even the sushi that you eat here and all that. Like I hear a lot of stories when people tell me. You go to Japan, you eat a sushi,
1: the fish is still moving, man. You know what i mean? Yeah, and here, like, outside Japan, it's meant to suit the, the taste of uh, yeah, the masses. Exactly. So uh, this is definitely in my, in my top three, for sure. I always wanted to go to Japan. You've been go to we need to the We there. need to do a podcast in Japan. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> that would be really good when CH returns. We can go to Japan. Yeah, we can do that. And then just like do like a, a real really nice you know, get <laughs> <In> Japan. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be cool. You mentioned about um, another sport earlier in the interview. Do you want to talk about that? Sure, <laughs> so, sure. So
0: after I finish with the whole triathlon things, I need to like I need I need something new. I need to I need to find something where I really suck like I'm really bad at. And something that I can't take shortcuts. Like I have to go through the process of learning. I have to go through the process of pain. I have to go through the process all over again. And I got into uh, BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and um, I started very recently. It's been only a month, right? And um, I remember first session I went in, three minutes in, I slapped my shoulder <laughs> oh my and, I went, and I was like, oh my God, this how? is, is going to be a long cross. How
2: does that happen? You just roll. Th-
0: funny story, you know, like sometimes, oh sometimes your ego plays a lot of, like, plays a lot with your head. So I'm, I'm going there at the class. I train in Alcos in a, in a, in a, in a place called uh, Team Nogaria, And I, um, and I just like got there, signed up and in, in proper Christoph uh, style, I just go by all the gear. So you're like, I'm literally like. Already buying the gear, which is like kind of like the the BJJ kimono at the entrance at the place. I haven't tried. I've done the try class yet. I'm like, this is what I want to do. That's it. Set my mind. I'm gonna do this. So I buy the whole kit. Um, I sign up for like three months. Like I'm ready. I go in. I go introduce myself to the coach, and I'm like, listen, you no know, Christoph, first time I'm here. He's like, okay, sure, no problem. Just like warm up with the guys, and then go and the, and be one on one with the coach and teach you a few things. So, okay, sure. Start running around, you know, like jump a little bit, warm up your shoulders, whatever, and then the guy shouts front roll, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what's that? So I literally look at the guys and they start like doing the front roll. So they kind of like do a, I don't know, it's not a somersault, but like they're just like front rolling on their shoulder. I'm like I can do that, yeah. And I got a bit heavy over the summer, like I I gained in the space of a year and a half about 18 kilos, right? So like that's a lot of weight to carry around. I threw myself on my shoulder, on my right shoulder trying to, and I hear snap. (laughs) And I'm like, no. And I immediately feel like pain in my trap. Like I feel pain down my shoulder. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? And I actually strained my uh, AC joint, right? So I was off for three weeks, couldn't do nothing. (laughs) Couldn't go to the gym. Like literally like grabbing water was it was painful and i just got into it now it's the
2: day but one recently they
0: one They one. one what but, did the
2: instructor say he
0: like was like is oh no it's... man you were supposed to go with the guys and you should have fucking told me <laughs> 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 that one's on you you know you're paying for physio but um no i i love the sport because i find it and even that injury just grounded me so much and i was like listen you do nothing like you're not taking shortcuts with this if you don't do things right you're going to end up at the physio or in a a cast, like very, very often. So go back to the drawing board. Make sure that you're learning the process, that you're doing it right, because otherwise you're just going to hurt yourself, you know? But I just love the sport because I love how much you're in the moment. Like there is no escaping. There is no space for ego. Your strength has absolutely no advantage over the opponent. I have people that are half my size on top of me (laughs) and I can't Fucking move, <laughs> and I'm like someone I could usually bench press, like you know, sixty kilo guy. I'm like or oh, seventy. I'm like no problem. Like I I could push you. Try to push the guy. I can't. Move. <laughs> I got like one arm there, one arm there, and like my legs are stuck. You're and a I, very tall guy. Yeah, and, and like <laughs> like I'm a big guy, right? And I just it just puts you back in your place. Yeah. So how
2: many times a week are you on that mat?
0: Three to four times it's on the mat, right? That's yeah, it's on the same. mat. Yeah, three to four times.
2: Wow. How like for how long?
0: It lasts an hour. It's one of the most draining yeah, things see. I've ever done, but I think it's also because it's new, and I'm I'm using my strength quite a lot instead of using my brain and my technique because mm-hmm. I have no technique. I know I go see the course like, how can I? But Fast you are as well, like
2: that is draining because you are using your brain. It's a new skill that you're also yeah, learning. Completely so completely like, the new. rules and everything that you're having to remember all the time. And
0: it's a lot of uh, muscle memory, right? You end up in a certain position, you got to get yourself out of it and you have a fraction of a second to do it. But you have to be so present because it, just a moment away from the now. How, you does, kind of, how you do you choke. win
2: in jiu-jitsu? Like what's the you have
0: to You have to submit the other person. So you have to get them into a position where they're tapping out of the fight, right? So they're know, just okay. going to like tap three times and be like... You know, Done. that's it. Where, uh, we need to stop now because I'm about to fall asleep otherwise, you know? Yeah. So it's a lot of like uh, locking the arms, the legs, uh, the neck and just immobilizing your opponent, you know? So it's it's an art. It's it's an art, but it's a very settled art. It's, you're not punching people in the face, right? It's, it's kind of like the quiet force, which forces me to be more introverted rather than extroverted. Nice. <laughs> I'm not doing boxing and like, you know, no, no. It's like... Take That's in. not aggressive. It's, it's not aggressive at all. I mean, Methodical it's aggressive, like, but like you know, yeah. You know, and you never know who you come across in the street and what they do. You know, it makes it makes you think a little bit. But like, don't think that because you're to have your double sleeve. double the size that you're gonna like you know dominate the guy. You know. Yeah. And I'm not a violent person at all. But you never know, you know, what can happen. You need to be able to kind of also protect yourself. Self defense. Self defense.
1: You got to do, do what you got to do. It's very nice that you're learning something from scratch. Uh, myself, I just learned how to ride a motorbike. You guys, as- honestly. But again, just like you. Chris, is as- te- <laughs>
2: Chris teaches himself like a new instrument every day with the It. Right.
1: I would love to do that. But, I'd love to play amazing. the piano. I you know. have to teach me how to play the piano, man. I still don't know how to play it fully, really? but well, I know like better. the, the usual chords. Yeah. But yeah, with me, I always wanted to learn how to ride a motorbike. My best friend has been pushing me to ride a bike. So this year I um I actually signed up for motorcycle lessons but before that I bought the equipment <laughs> I went to the showroom and I bought a bike <laughs> I'm just waiting for the bike I just got my license but I'm still waiting for a bike so but it's so nice to learn new things yeah every year I would set a target for myself at least like go somewhere you've never been to or at least like learn something new because it just like adds up your personality yeah. and you know you can apply all these things the new learnings that you've uh, achieved over your daily um living yeah i agree um, what's next for you job wise career wise jiu wise jujitsu-wise? wise
0: <laughs> i mean work's going very well like I'm, I'm in an environment where people are just amazing super inspiring people around me the whole time you know and uh, and we're growing, we're growing fast. Like we're uh, you know we're we're developing a lot in Europe, um, uh, and we're opening hotels. We're opening another hotel in in Marbella. So I'm going to be a lot in Spain. I opened a hotel in Bodrum uh, for the past two years. I was a lot in Turkey. There's just a lot happening, and I I just I just love where I am, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's important to be in an environment where you feel like you can shine and uh, and you can grow and you can evolve, and the people around you are like teaching you stuff, right? Because there's nothing worse than being, especially for me, I get so bored so easily. Like if you keep me in the same spot the whole time, I get very, very like annoyed and frustrated and I just need constant evolution and all that. So that's the place for me to be. I just, I just love it. We'll just open more hotels We'll open more restaurants, more beach clubs, and we'll just like, continue
1: to uh, bring people together to celebrate life.
2: So nice. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) You travel a lot. Would would you see yourself moving outside the city in the next couple of years or in the near future?
0: I thought about that a lot because you need to think like Dubai, you know, amazing city, amazing country, but you got to look after yourself financially as well, right? And it's very easy here to just burn all the cash that you make, right? Uh, Which is probably one of my biggest regrets. But to go back and teach myself something is like, you've got to learn how to save and you've got to learn it. In a very, 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 very young age, I get the financial education to do it, but I can't think of a place where I would want to be, because I love this as being kind of like the hub, and uh, this is my place is where I live, but I'm very happy to spend six months of the year outside, uh, go to Europe or you know travel around, but and it's, it's the best setup, and I kind of like got to that now, so'm I'm, I'm very happy here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I don't see myself going back to France. I don't see myself being in Europe at the moment, you know. That scares me, man. I don't want to... It's <laughs> <That's
2: laughs> terrifying.
0: I see, like, you know, like, my sister, you know, I'm like, no, guys, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So What
2: career advice would you give to someone else? Someone either starting out or someone wanting to completely pivot. I mean, I think you've had quite a clear trajectory. Yeah, very much so. I definitely haven't. I mean, you know, I think lots you... of people after the pandemic as well really had to, like, shift and figure out what they wanted to do. But I think you know, Chris you're a great example of someone that's had such a clear passion and they've been able to just incorporate that into so much of their professional life mm-hmm. so how did you like what would you tell tell someone else that was looking to kind of really
0: you find have, you have to think that you're going to spend 40 years of your life working right so you have to find what sparks joy in you and if you find what sparks joy in you then you need to find what career can give you a little bit of that because it's uh, it's very easy to think okay i studied this so i need to do that you know but you thrive when you do things you love you don't thrive when you're told you need to do this or you need to do that you know you have to be yourself and you have to allow yourself to uh, uh to do the things that uh, that you enjoy the most so find what you enjoy and what are the things that like motivate you and get you out of bed every morning because you're going to do it for 40 years so that's my number one advice like don't listen to people, don't get, like, impressed with what you see around you. It's so easy to be like, you know, I want that car. And I've been like this for many, many years. Like, I want that car, I want that job, I want that status, I want this, I want that. But in reality, like, all of those things are irrelevant if you're not happy, you know? So you've got to really find that that inner happiness and be like, you know, you know what? I'm satisfied with what I have and that's enough, you know? I'm enough.
2: I love that. And I think that's such a premise for this, what this whole podcast is about, like, finding... You know whether your passions are within your work or whether they lie outside of it. Out, you know those five thirty till the the moment you start work and then the hours after work as well. Like what what are you doing to kind of really yeah. fulfill your fulfill your day?
1: If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be?
0: I think I'd love for people to remember how. I get people together always. Like I'm someone that love to like bring crowds, introduce people that I think would get along, you know, sit around a nice table, have fun together. Like I would want to be remembered as, okay, this is the guy with the positive energy that would always make sure that everybody around is happy and that everybody gets to meet where they're supposed to meet and just like blend in and just-
1: You're the fire starter. Yeah, I love that, Christoph the fire <laughs>
0: Now
1: we're gonna label it as the Firestarter. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Ch the fire starter. Yeah, I like that. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure talking Good. to you. CH. For Thank me. you. That's, this has so been fantastic. Much. I could go on and talk for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna promise. return in Japan. Yeah, we have. We're to do gonna that. be in Japan. We have to we're gonna do that. I'm uh, moving sushi. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, and we wish you luck Thanks, guys. on your um, it's been adventures. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it's That's a wrap.